Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Three and Out, where we discuss the three biggest topics in Carolina Panthers football, and then we're out. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. Let's get going. Hey guys, Jordan Rodrigue here. Welcome to a special training camp edition, the first one of training camp here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Wofford College. I am here with, of course, Joe Person, my beauty partner, and Scott Fowler, our esteemed columnist. And uh, we wanted to talk about what we saw this week in Panthers training camp um, and what we liked, what we were concerned about, who we talked to. Um, So I guess we can just start, Joe, what were some of the the biggest moments from the week that you can remember? You know, I think all eyes were on Cam right from the the get-go, and and for good reason. And uh, Scott and I were talking about this a little bit ago, and I just – it's definitely a a work in progress with him off that shoulder surgery. I I think we've just become so accustomed to seeing this huge six-foot-five – now 245 pound specimen and he came back from his ankle surgery a couple years ago with without a hitch uh really from what the kind of the earliest moments of camp and i i guess part of me thought we'd show up here this week and he'd be zipping balls all around the field like he always has i haven't seen that that trademark zip yet i I certainly and i'm not trying to sound the alarms we've heard ron rivera say that it's a process but uh, but I think uh, you know if you're the Panthers, you you better certainly hope that that shoulder is going to continue to get stronger, and, and and I think it will. But my point being is is that it was sort of eye opening for me to see uh, Cam not looking like that strong arm guy that we've become accustomed to seeing. Yeah, it was interesting too. Some, one of the biggest conversations that has somehow happened this week that I guess we didn't really see coming because we didn't think anything of it other than what it was, was this conversation that went national about a couple sound bites of Cam Newton speaking and he said, you know, what when he was asked if he's not going to run, et cetera, he, he said, what, are you going to expect the line not to roar? But it was in context of so many other things, but as you guys know, you know, the talk shows kind of ran with it and I guess... I'd like to kind of explain a little bit what he actually meant by that. I thought my perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, was was that he's going to just be more judicial in his decision making. He he is going to still be a runner, but and still do the design runs. But if there's a better option out there that can create more yards and and be a more effective play, he's saying he wants to understand that more while not losing who he is as a runner. That's what I took from it. I just had this feeling of thinking of Cam Newton in a judicial sense, like on a judge with judges' <laughs> robes. And somehow, when you said that, but uh, no, I think you're right on. It, it is silly to think that Cam's never going to run. I mean, you don't take LeBron James, for instance, and say, you know what, you're not the best three point shooter in the world, but let's save your body. So let's not have you drive hardly ever and just make you a really, you know, an average three point shooter in the NBA no same with Cam you make him a pocket passer only he's going to be top 15 maybe NFL quarterback at best so you've got to have the threat to run 
you've got to at least make defenses think you're going to do it, whether you ever do it more than three times a game or not. So I think that's that's what's been said here. And the Colin Cowherd thing I thought was, you know, silly. Nonsense. Just yeah. dumb. Just a, a way to use up some time and in a slow time of the sports calendar. Yeah, I think the saying happens a lot around here is that Cam Newton makes people crazy because mm -hmm. people just go completely lose complete sense of logic when they think about him and try to parse what he's saying. He just kind of is who he is at this point. And and I think that he's just a leaner and what he's trying to do is is be a, you know, a stronger and and smarter, more efficient version of that guy. That's really, I think, as simple as it is, honestly. I just think he's trying yeah. to take care of his body better. That's it. I, I think so. And I I think he is a, a motivated guy. I, I think last year, when he says he took last year personally, absolutely believe him. I mean, this is a guy that has, hasn't had to deal with failure too often. Early in his career, he did here. Uh, but even then, he was performing pretty well. I mean, he was a rookie of the year in 2011 when, when the Panthers won like six games. So, but for last year, for it all to kind of come crashing down on him, both him, his 52% completion percentage, the six and 10 record, the injuries, the hits, the hits to the head. I just think, I think we're going to see a much more motivated Cam. And I think it started in the off season and and let's give Ron Rivera and his staff some credit too. I think it's pretty clear someone had a sit down with Cam and said, "We're not doing a bunch of Nickelodeon shows this offseason." Yeah. <laughs> and Cam said, "Remember the other day yeah, from February he on, he put the pedal to the he metal." He said somebody. He kind of mentioned somebody in the coaching staff said, "By the way, this is a twelve month a year job." Yeah. Or something. And yeah. and Mike Shula kind of called him out, not in a negative way, but in more of a. I've noticed a change way after the first the first practice that the team had. He said, "This you don't you wouldn't see this Cam five years ago. You wouldn't see this guy taking care of his body and like leaning out the way he needs to, and and making sure that he's making you know his muscles and his joints are all healthy and ready to go." And Cam kind of admitted it himself. He said, "Young Cam Newton would take a bag of gummy bears to the room <laughs> if he got hurt and be fine, but that that's not this guy anymore. He's got to be. He's just got to be." more efficient with his body, I think. Well, he's only 28, too, and 28 is, is should be right in his prime. Mm -hmm. I mean, Montana, Gretzky, Jordan, all the people that Cam would model himself after probably won a championship around 28 or were in the midst of winning multiple championships, and this is really the time Cam has to get this sort of thing done. They've given him some more weapons. Uh, McCaffrey, I think, we were talking about training camp stories, McCaffrey, uh, is is small out there compared to a lot of the linebackers trying to tackle him. But boy, what a fast, elusive guy! I had not really seen him up close until this week. So that's another positive step. I do have to admit, I was kind of excited. I know that you guys have been probably are about ready to put a, a thing of duct tape over my face to stop me from talking about McCaffrey all spring. It's what I did. And I think that I was really, really excited for for everyone to kind of get a chance to see what he can do. In, in person and it's it's exactly right it's elusive and it's he's good at disguising his body movements or 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 he's he's good at not broadcasting them which I don't think the linebackers expected to that extent they've seen him on film but you know you get a little a guy of his size you know and, and you haven't really watched him too much and you haven't really gone against him or anything like that 
and he's going to fool some people because I think that I, th I think that maybe people are still underestimating him a little bit. And that first cut is nasty. You know what I, I want to see? I, I'm really eager to see how he looks in these preseason games because, as Scott said, he's not a big guy. But you just wonder if he's going to be a guy like Darren Sproles or like Barry Sanders who just – and because of his low center of gravity and that quickness and elusiveness, just somehow manages always not to take the big hits. Uh, and kind of just glides off contact or bounces off contact. I, I, clearly, he, he was able to do that at Stanford, right? So, but I want to see how he's doing that against the likes of Shaq Thompson, who, whoever the Houston Texans Shaq Thompson version is, uh, Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but because, because he is small. I mean, he, he, that's just, I mean, he, and, and you see him in person. And it, it's it's striking a little bit, and he's kind of the anti-Cam in terms of his size. I mean, yeah. he's not like a 99-pound weakling, don't get me wrong. But I, I think it's going to be important for him to have those traits like those guys I mentioned in terms of not absorbing those huge hits. Absolutely. And I think, too, you mentioned defense a little bit. I think this defense so far looks like they're bringing it, but there is a little cause for concern in that secondary. Captain Munerlin with the hamstring issues – Cornelder with the patella stress fracture. That's that's nasty. That's not fun at all. Because right. then you can get some fluid buildup in there. That's not a fun injury to have. But I think that um, Cole. We saw Cole Luke fly around in there. Shaq Thompson saw some time at the nickel. Colin Jones saw some time at the nickel. Yeah. Don't sleep on. Colin Don't sleep Jones. on Colin Jones. Um, but I mean, what do you guys think of this defense so far from what we've seen? Uh, you know, I think. Linebacker-wise, if you have uh, Keekley and Davis in there, you're you're probably a top ten defense in the NFL if everything else is average. So, is it going to be a lot better than average? I don't know. You know, we really have. It's hard to tell with Peppers. He certainly looks impressive. Yeah. Um, Addison looks good to me. In the secondary, I still have. I, I still wonder. Although I really think Bradbury's going to be uh, very good at some point. Will it be this year? I wonder. Uh, Adams, uh, you know, who knows? He says, trust me, he was running like he's 22. So we'll see. He's 36. Yeah, so. and, he, and he got pretty mad at me today when I said, oh, it looked like Cam threw that ball right That's to right. you. He mm -hmm. called me. He called there my butt go. out. Threw it <laughs> right, too. Made a one-handed catch. That wasn't exactly <laughs> right, too. <him. laughs> that was pretty I'm funny. With, I'm with Scott. I, I, the, the secondary is going to have to prove, it, prove itself because – you know, Daryl Worley and James Bradbury, I, I know the narrative out of here has been, oh, what great growth and steps they made in that, in that you know, year two or in the process of making. And, and I, I, I tend to think Bradbury is closer to being that player, but there's not a lot of depth. I mean, we've talked about it at either position, corner or safety. And, and already the couple of the young guys that you just mentioned uh, are, are dinged up. So I just, you know, they're going to have to stay healthy. And when you have 36-year-old bodies back there, that's, not, that's all, sometimes easier said than done. I tend to think a lot of the glue of this secondary, again, will have to be Kurt Coleman. And maybe not as big of a responsibility as he had last year, just shouldering every nook and cranny of that secondary, but still being the piece, the major piece that does hold hold these guys together in the way that they're they're supposed to be. And Munnerlin's so. going to be big for them too. Yeah, Munnerlin has got to be 
really good. They've been bad at the nickel off yeah. and on for mm -hmm. a while, uh, but especially showed up last year. And this division is so good with that every team having three good receivers. So they got picked on so much last year at all spots, but I thought the nickel a lot of times was was maybe the worst. So that's he's got to get well on that hamstring and, and be good for them. You guys got a player of the week? I will go with, uh, who am I going to go with? I thought, I'm going to steal your guy. I'm going to go Cole Luke. Cole Luke, Arizona Pride, shout out, Whoa. Hamilton High School. Whoa. Took advantage of some increased reps. And, and I'll, I'll go Vernon Butler as my 1A. I, I, I did an interview with, with Big Vern, and he's, he, like Cam, sounds like he's motivated to show that last year was kind of a fluke for him. No, mine's pretty obvious, I would suppose, but I think McCaffrey, just because I hadn't really seen him very much, and he looked to me as good as advertised. Man, you guys took both mine, but you know what? The only I'm I'm saying this because he is my guest on this podcast today. I'm going to go with David Mayo because he that's an important role that he stepped into. Yeah. Not only is he fill, he's the main backup behind Luke Keekley at the mic, he also has to play the strong and the weak side if they are going to use you know the triple linebacker set. And he was telling me today, and you guys will hear this as I, I have him on next, is he's telling me today that he's actually one of the key pieces in bringing along these rookies, which I thought was really interesting. You'd think that it would be specifically a Thomas or specifically a Keekly thing, but it's, it's by committee, it seems. And, and David Mayo has taken a lot of pride in bringing along Ben Bulware and Zeke Bigger in that room, and I thought that was pretty cool to hear. So. Hmm. Sucking up to the next guest. Yeah, right well, I mean, he flew, and yeah, he's been flying around, so yeah. yeah. I like David Mayo, and you're right, he steps into the AJ Klein role. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He needs to know pretty much all those spots and, and be a playmaker. And still be solid on special teams, because they did, you know, they, they do need to be solid on special teams. I mean, they've been pretty, pretty terrible, honestly. Yeah, last year they were not good on teams. Yeah, so, all right, guys, thanks. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again to Joe and Scott for joining me today. And like I mentioned earlier, I did sit down this week with middle linebacker David Mayo, who's stepping up big time in the absence of former backup middle linebacker A.J. Klein, who left in free agency to the New Orleans Saints. I'm sitting here with middle linebacker David Mayo. David, how you doing today? Good, good. You're just fresh out of practice, and you saw you flying around out there, and uh, you got Jared on one side of you sometimes, and you got you know all these guys rotating in now. Uh, how's that going without AJ Klein? Uh, good. I think I think it's good just to work with different guys, and that 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 means that you really have to know your stuff, and they have to know their stuff, and you have to know different positions, and you have to really you know think of the entire defense, which is great for all of us, really rotating in different positions like that. And uh, that's the type of guy that AJ was. He was a guy that can do can do it all, can play all the positions at any time, step in with any guys and, and run the show. So um, definitely I feel like there's some big shoes there to fill, but uh, I think we've been doing a pretty good job. This linebacker unit specifically is known for being one of the best in the league at, at being able to not only defend the run, but really good in coverage as well. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you have always been good at, or is that something you've, had to, you've worked to develop over the years? That's something I'm still working on, actually. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big point of emphasis for me uh, this off season, especially in July. I mean, I, that was one thing that I constantly worked on, going out to the field every day and just working on my footwork and my hips and all that stuff. Um, 
but that's that's something I'll probably have to continue to work on for the rest of my career because it's, it's it is difficult in this league uh, to cover these routes and yeah. all these concepts because it's a pass heavy league for sure. So that's something I'm working on, and obviously Luke and TD and Shaq are are outstanding at it. So I'm learning a lot from them too. It's not a it's not necessarily something you automatically have unless you're built specifically like a defensive back and Mm -hmm. and I think Shaq kind of lucked out a little bit because he can just go back down to 230 whenever he wants it (laughs) seems like and and get you know DB speed and everything but how do you I mean when you're working on this and you're in the offseason like July you said and there's not necessarily just receivers and and little running backs that you can Mm -hmm. call up and say hey come run routes against me Mm -hmm. or is that something how do you I mean how specifically Um, do you work on it we we go like a group of us will go out and we'll do drills off a of reaction, a lot of drills off a of reaction, like speed drills, back pedals, and then we'll, you know, drop each other, or we'll break each other, stuff like that, just to, just to get that reaction time faster. And I think that's huge, and especially man coverage. And then you get to practice, and you're working all sorts of stuff. You know, obviously you're working on it. So um, just doing whatever we can in the off season uh, to get working on that. So far in camp, you've been getting quite a few reps, and, and I know you made your bread and butter early on this roster on special teams, and, mm-hmm. and I think you take a lot of pride in that as far as I have assumed. Absolutely, so yeah. And and so, but now you're you're getting rotated in the middle a lot more than, than before, and was that nerve-wracking at first? I know you're not supposed to tell me if you were nervous because <laughs> that would not be tough, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I, I mean, I'm still definitely taking special teams as serious if not more serious just because I want to get better every year and I want to be the best at special teams you know in my position so I'm still taking that extremely seriously and I want to compete and get better than that and then I love playing linebacker so any chance I get to play middle linebacker any of the linebacker positions it's I'm so excited and I I take it um, I don't take it lightly and I'm I'm just thankful for every opportunity I get and every rep I get. Yeah, because you're not just a mic, are you? You, you no. know all of them, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I rotate. Mm-hmm. I rotate. I mean, so far in camp, I've been working mainly mic, mainly the, in the middle, but got a lot of time in the spring outside, which was great, um, just to build that muscle memory. Because um, seeing it on paper and watching film and understanding the defenses is, is different than actually doing it right. So that was really good for me, and I got in a few reps uh, in camp so far um, I'm sure later in camp I'll start rotating it even more just so as it gets into it that uh, during camp we can have some of those reps for sure. This is such a basic question um, but I saw your eyes kind of light up a little bit when you talked about how much you love playing linebacker why Why is that? Why specifically? It's just uh, well I've been playing linebacker since I was eight years old I on def- so on offense when I was growing up, I didn't play uh, any one position on offense. I moved all over the place. I played tight end. I played quarterback in like a zone read scheme. I played running back. Uh, my thing in eighth grade, I played like no in, in like third grade I played like guard or something like that. You know, but on defense I was always a linebacker ever since I was in third grade. Linebacker every year. So I just love it. It's just kind of like a huge part of my life. And any chance I go out there, it's like, you know, I feel comfortable and it's just, it's, where, it's just where I like to be. It's pretty noticeable. I mean, obviously you guys haven't gone all out 
truck stick on, on these offensive players yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but over games the past few years, um, it's been noticeable that you're a pretty hard hitter. So I'm wondering, what was eight-year-old linebacker David Mayo like? Well, I was – I'm the youngest of seven, so – Seven brothers or sisters? I have three brothers, three sisters. So my three older, yeah. So my my three older brothers, you know, would always, you know, I'm the younger brother, right? So they toughened me up. But my, if you were to ask my dad that question, he would say, when I, I don't really remember in third grade, but he'd always say, man, ever since he was like, you know, six or seven years old, I realized that he could, he had a way to like move his body to hit me because he he talked about this all the time. And he'd say, he'd come over and he'd hit me in my leg as hard as he could. And he's like, and legitimately, it hurt me every time. Uh, but yeah, now now I'm just I'm just trying to do whatever I can to be a better football player. And uh, it's a physical game, so I try to play it that way. And you were a zone read quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like we ran like triple option. Oh, oh okay. You know, yeah. like not, not like traditional <laughs> spread offense zone read, but... Like triple option right. quarterback, okay. like literally, like I would run the ball every play. We'd pass the ball like two passes a game. They're like, oh, this guy likes to hit people. Cool, <laughs> let's just send him right through. Yeah, it was like you. It was uh, like my freshman year of high school when we ran that offense. So it was just kind of like, let's put him here, and it was fun while it lasted. But there are a couple couple rookies now with you guys in camp and they're kind of finding their way and finding their own. Does it does it bring back memories for you? Because you've climbed your way up, man. You really have. Mm-hmm. So does it kind of bring back memories of, of your journey? Yeah. Um, when I, I remember pretty clearly when I came in, and it's tough. You know, it's tough. You're learning a defense, and the defense is getting installed super fast. And it's not just, you know, know your job it's know your job and then some you know and all these checks and all these calls you know it's just a whole nother level of defense so you got that and then you got uh the pressure of just being the new guy and then you got the whole you know just being a rookie in the nfl feeling and you haven't made a team yet you haven't made a roster you've never played in an nfl game so it's tough so i i definitely try to like help these guys out whenever i can um if they have questions Obviously, I'm going to answer. If I see something, I'm going to let them know, and uh, hopefully, hopefully they uh, it helps them get it a little faster. Has sure. it been a weird pivot for you to switch into that role, though? From going, I mean, I know it's been some time now, but mm-hmm. you know, going from somebody, you're also still trying to constantly better yourself. Yeah. So pivoting well, to the teacher mode is probably a little weird. Well, I, I don't think so, actually. Just from the positions that I've been in my entire life, you know that's kind of always been my position. I've always been, you know, the guy in the locker room that kind of knows the defense the best and um, is, I become the, I just remember being the older guy and helping the younger guys constantly throughout my career in high school and then in college, same thing. And so I feel pretty comfortable doing that. And actually for me, I think it helps me uh, learn even more so and really get it solidified in my mind when I explain it to other people. And so I don't see it as a hindering thing for me at all. I actually see it as a big benefit. 
watching some of these veteran guys come in. Obviously, linebackers units gonna is set, gonna be set for some time now. Mm-hmm. But all around you on the defense, these veteran pieces are getting added, and then you know they bring back Julius Peppers, and mm-hmm. and that's kind of I, I Luke Keekley kind of geeked out over that yesterday. Yeah. Did you were you also similar reaction? He's a big dude. Yeah, I so I remember. Um, I think it was the day we signed him and me and Luke are working out and Luke goes you know he met him the, the day before or something like that or a couple of days before and Luke goes he is massive you know like he is and I'm like I'm like well Luke already knew him but I was I've never met him I've never seen him in person so and I'm like okay and then I see him in person I'm seriously like shocked how massive a human being can be and then we start our spring training and workouts and how well he can move it's insane it is so insane and you see him uh the other day like he was chasing da to the sideline (laughs) i mean it was just like you see that and you're just like golly you know like just it's pretty insane it's pretty special for me to be able to be on this team and witness all these great players. It's hard to wrap your mind around that kind of body control. I mean, I'm the same boat as you. I'd never met the guy because mm-hmm. I just got here. So when I first saw him, I was like, that's not a real person. They built a robot. Like, oh, yeah. It's not real. I mean, his, he's got he's got one of the biggest frames I've seen on a person because he is not overweight mm-hmm. at all. He's in great shape, and it's, it's he's just he's a big human being for sure. Before I let you go, David, I did see something pretty funny on Instagram a while back over the summer. Ben Jacobs got married, I think, and you guys mm-hmm. were all there. And I think there was a cardboard cutout of Thomas Davis. Yeah. I got to hear the story behind that. Well, honestly, I don't really know the story behind it. All I know is that at, during the point, at one point during the wedding, uh, I think it was Ben that when, at one point before or after dinner, he had brought out the cut, the cutout of TD, and we all just like started, you know, busting up laughing. Like, uh, it's just so funny. And I, I think I'm not really sure though. I can't, can't say this for certain, but I want to say TD sent it for, for Ben as a, you know, as like no a way. joke. And, uh, <laughs> and then it just got, you know, then later on we see, you know, TD hopping up on the dance floor. You know, it's cut out on the dance floor because guys are bringing him out and stuff so it was it was a good time and y'all gave him a little speech bubble too right you gave him a little oh yeah yeah yep yep yeah yep there was a there was a little bubble for you could write in stuff you know but it was funny it was a really good time one so one more thing i know i said i swear i was gonna let you go but ben bulware mm-hmm. and zeke biggers i know they're two local guys and i get questions that you should see my email inbox the questions <laughs> i get about these guys specifically yeah i mean what, what are those two like um they're good dudes. I like them a lot. I think their heads are in the right place. I think they're working through it just like any rookies do. And I think they're doing a great job. And luckily, you know, I, I think our room is really good. Uh, not just me. Everyone in the room is going to help them out. So, um, so I think that's to their benefit. But they've been doing a really good job. I think they're good guys. And I think Ben's beard is as long as your hair. Yeah, I know. I know. He's He's got a good one going. He's got good facial flow. That takes some time. That takes yeah. some time, I'm sure. And, yeah. some, and some wax, like some, <laughs> some of the beard wax. Because that thing is not gnarly. Sometimes when they get that long, you see it's just like splaying out all yeah. over the place. Yeah, it's, a, it's impressive. It's a respectable beard. It is. Thanks, David. Really yeah. appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you.
Thanks again to Joe Person. Thanks to Scott Fowler. Thanks to David Mayo. And thanks for listening to Three and Out. I'm Jordan Rodriguez, and we'll talk to you next week.